Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, Jaden McDaniels has signed his contract extension. We'll talk about all the details of that, why it is, in fact, a good deal for the Wolves. We'll also take a look at some preseason predictions. The Ringer updated their player rankings, too. We'll talk about that. I'll give a couple predictions of my own and then also another one from John Hollinger of The Athletic, what he's saying about how the Wolves might finish this season. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and happy eve of opening night for the Timberwolves. It's happening this week. We're there. Plenty of predictions to get to today and tomorrow. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find this show. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X, of course, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at BBeacon, and also at Locked on T Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, so the big headline. Before we get to predictions, we will get to that. We'll get to some other preseason stuff today and, of course, tomorrow. But we have to lead with the big Jaden McDaniels contract extension. It finally happened uh, right before the deadline. And, of course, today there were several players in the same draft class as McDaniels that did not get their rookie extensions. Um, So, of course, the Jaden McDaniels deal... I predicted last, I think it was last week, it might have been two weeks ago actually, on the Minnesota Basketball Party, our Wednesday show that we do with Jack Borman of Candace Hoopis, uh, Reggie Wilson from Care 11, and uh, Ron Johnson for the Ron Johnson Show. We do that Wednesday show, and I think we all said, I know I said on the show, that we thought the deal would get done by the deadline, uh, and it was kind of on the heels of the Devin Vassell deal getting done in San Antonio, which was five years, around $135 million. The McDaniels deal was actually basically the same. It was reported at five years, $136 million. But after after the deal was first reported by Sham Sharani and John Krasinski at The Athletic uh, early afternoon on Monday, Bobby Marks from ESPN is saying that about $5 million of that is, is incentives that are unlikely incentives. So each year that cap hit comes down, give or take a million bucks. I don't know the exact number, but that actually will help the Wolves in the long term. So first, let's start with the context of the McDaniels signing. Obviously, the Wolves had to get this done for a ton of reasons. You don't want him playing um, on the, you know, playing for the qualifying offer next. You don't want to deal with that next year as the restricted free agent um, and and worrying that somebody's going to max him out, right? Because that that's what would have happened is he would have played out the rest of the rookie scale contract. They would have issued the qualifying offer. He could have obviously taken an offer sheet with another team and the Wolves could have then had to max potentially or had to match, I should say, up to a max, which I think undoubtedly would have happened. And now there's, you know, from Emmanuel quickly to uh, there's a whole list of guys that are in that boat now. So the the Wolves obviously had to get this done. They were motivated to get it done because this is going to be a better deal. And of course, for McDaniels, it's protection for this year against any potential catastrophic injury, God forbid. And uh, also like 
say he had just has a terrible year and he doesn't make this much of free agency next summer, right? So everybody was in everyone's best interest to get it done. That said, the fact that the Wolves are getting him now for well under $30 million a year, I mean, what is it going to be? It's like 26 something per year I think basically it's it's between 26 and 27 million a year is what this comes down to in terms of an average annual uh, average annual value and that's phenomenal value like it's funny if you go uh and look at like the quote tweets or whatever they're called now quote quoted posts on on X from Shams original tweet announcing the deal and how many uh, non-Wolves fans, you know, like league-wide fans or I guess casuals out there are just like laughing at the amount of money he's making. They have no idea, obviously, that Jaden McDaniels is is one of the best five defenders in the entire league and arguably the best perimeter defender in the entire league. And that is good value for the Wolves. I know that sounds crazy, but the value for the best perimeter defender in the league plus a 40% three-point shooter with upside offensively as a distributor, as a scorer in isolation in his own right, that is a good deal to pay 26-ish million for him. Now, a year ago, that would have seemed crazy, right? Like there was, I was hoping the Wolves could get him for well under 20 million a year extension, uh, 20 million a year on this rookie extension. But uh, he turned in a phenomenal campaign last year. We talked about this. You go back and listen to my season preview for Jane McDaniels from a couple of weeks ago, but he was number one in ball screen navigation. He was number one in perimeter isolation defense, both according to B-Ball Index. Like, there's no question he's one of the very best all-around defenders in the entire league with offensive upside. And just adds, like, in today's NBA, to be able to both defend in isolation on the perimeter and defend ball screens and shoot 40% from three, um, all of those things are absolutely worth this contract. Now, the other piece of this is it's going to take the Wolves into luxury tax. As as things are sitting now, they'll be a luxury tax team because of the Anthony Edwards rookie max extension that could go up even more if he makes All-NBA this year. More on that later in the show here today. Rudy Gobert already on a max, and of course, Towns on his super max. So the Wolves will be in the luxury tax next year unless something happens. Um, and it could be, I mean, I don't know. It could be what forty million in in terms of uh, forty million in luxury tax. Now, those unlikely incentives that I mentioned earlier, if say that's another almost a million dollars a year that this contract comes down because it's five million over the course of the five years, so it's about a million a year is what it looks like. I mean, if you're paying a luxury tax, if you hit that second apron and you're paying luxury tax, and then say the, the core main you know stays intact, similar to like what the Clippers have done and you end up paying a repeater tax, which sounds crazy for a team in Minnesota to be doing, but each of those dollars counts significantly. So that helps. That makes this a little bit more palatable. It's just another reason why a Carl Anthony Towns trade next summer, as much as I don't want to think about it and don't want it to happen at the, sitting here right now, unless this team wins 60 games or <laughs> wins 50 games, and goes to the finals or something, which is on the table, maybe not 60 games, but 50 in the finals. Sure. That's, that's on the table in terms of a reasonable, you know, uh, in the, within the reasonable realm of outcomes for the team this year, unlikely, but possible unless that happens, it's going to be hard for the Wolves to not trade Carl Anthony Towns next summer or to trade Rudy Gobert. But of course, Towns at this point, I think would, you'd receive a, a, a better, a significant, well, I don't know about significantly, but a better return than you would for Gobert. So I think, well, this extension was inevitable, yes, and it should have happened. I'm not at all saying it shouldn't have. It's also just kind of the next step 
toward the direction of an eventual Carl Anthony Towns trade. And I'm on record as saying many times over the last several months, I don't think he gets traded at the deadline unless the bottom falls out. Uh, barring, and I hate that I'm bringing up catastrophic injuries twice in the first segment of the show today, but barring something catastrophic on the injury front to Ant and or Cat, um, like, well, if Cat if gets hurt, he's obviously not going to get traded at the deadline. But barring something catastrophic in the bottom falling out in the first three months of the season, the Wolves aren't going to trade Cat at the deadline in the middle of a season where they want to prove that the Gobert Towns front court is going to work and Ant's trying to take the next step and and they have Conley in the fold and you've extended McDaniels like they're not trading Towns at the deadline next summer I mean yeah if this team wins 49 games and makes it to the second round and loses in six to a team you know in the second round of the playoffs I mean you could argue yeah let's pay the tax next year and see where this thing goes after another year of this core together or you could trade Towns, save yourself that luxury tax bill, find another big that fits between Gobert and Jaden McDaniels, um, I, like I, in theory more seamlessly than Towns, which is going to be hard to do on offense, but potentially defensively you could you could um, obviously find a better fit there. Um, that's that's a possibility if if the the most likely scenario, the most likely good case scenario for this team comes to fruition, then yeah, a Towns trade is is certainly possible, maybe even likely next summer. Um, and I don't want to like dampen the McDaniels extension with that, but I think it's reality, right? Like, and I think it is reality that, that this is a, a conversation that's on the table and this McDaniels extension only further kind of, um, signals that we have to talk about this. Uh, now that said, hearkening back to the John Hollinger prediction or John, yeah, the, the win total projection I talked about on Monday show where he said both could be true, where the Wolves made a bad trade in terms of assets they traded out for Gobert but they could still be one of the league's most fun teams this year. Let's enjoy that. That That's absolutely the case. This should be a cause for celebration for McDaniels, cause for celebration. The team's going to be great this year. It doesn't change the conversation that the front office is already having and will need to be having in the spring and summer next year. What do they do about this luxury tax? What do they do with Carl Anthony Towns? Both can be true uh, sitting here right now on the eve of opening night, 2023-24. All right. Next, I want to talk about the Ringer player ranks that are out now. I want to talk about another John Hollinger prediction, and then I'll give a couple of predictions of my own before the end of the show. Wednesday show will be all predictions. It'll be my win total prediction, my East and West Coast, East and West Coast, East and Western Conference, Eastern and Western Conference uh, standings projections, and a couple other individual player projections. We'll do all that on Wednesday, but plenty still to come here on the show today. So we're going to get to all of that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is extremely easy to use. And not only that, this is the best time of year to get involved. October is one of the very best sports months of the year. Playoff baseball, the World Series is starting later this week. I think Thursday or Friday. You've got another Game 7 tonight in uh, in the National League after the Rangers won in the AL on Monday night. Uh, you have the middle of the football season, college and NFL, uh, the start of the NHL season, of course, the start of the NBA this week, and then right around the corner, the start of college basketball. It's all happening right now in October. It's the best time to get plugged in at FanDuel on the app 
Uh, you could bet spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Win total projections. I'll give my win total prediction for the Wolves on Wednesday's show, as I mentioned a minute ago. But as I've said before, I'm smashing the over on a 44.5 at FanDuel for the Timberwolves this year. To check that out, along with all the other player props, spreads, etc., visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Lockdown Ultimate NBA Season Preview is here, a six-episode series with all 30 of our Lockdown NBA team shows. From contenders to tankers, we go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Lockdown NBA on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Last week, I think it was on Thursday afternoon, uh, the episode that I was involved in, which I believe is On the Rise is what it was called, aired on this audio feed, and then also you can find it on YouTube, both at Lockdown NBA, and then also I did a, a one-on-one interview with uh, with uh, somebody over at Lockdown NBA that's in the YouTube feed as well. So go check that out, please, as we gear up for the start of the season. Um, again, check that out on any of those various channels. All right, let's move on to talk about player ranks. I, You know, I did a lot on this last week, and I always think it's interesting, and I'll, I'll give the the very quick version of, of you know, introing this. It's a it's a terribly difficult exercise because no player obviously exists in a vacuum, but that's what this exercise should attempt to accomplish is ranking players in a vacuum. And um, I just think it's fun to kind of see the consensus on Wolves players because in within Wolves fandom and Wolves media and blogging and podcasting, um, it's pretty easy to get tunnel vision, right? Even if you're a fan of the entire league, there's going to be an inherent bias, or at the very least, like even if we watch all the other games that we possibly can, you're still watching all of the Wolves games, and you're going to have you're going to have more of an experience watching these players. So to see what other people think, albeit like there's the people ranking these players, they're not watching as much of Wolves players as likely you and I, right? Um, but I'm also not watching transparently as much of you know insert random player in the player rank, uh, you know, it could be anybody in the top 100 as potentially the people doing the ranking, right? We just don't, we just don't know. There's so much, um, there's so much subjectivity here um, to, to like, there just has to be, right? That's, that's inherent to the exercise. That said, getting the picture of what other folks think, I think is pretty interesting. We talked about the ESPN rankings and we talked about, I think it was the CBS uh, sports ones, and the ESPN ones, of course, were off the chart, off off the charts, off the rails. Like that was uh, absurd to me. The Ringer ones are interesting, and I said before that I thought theirs were the best. There's some head scratchers here because they updated since the last time we talked about it. These these rankings have been updated. So let's start at the top because this is where it's actually least less confusing. They've got Anthony Edwards at number 18. He rose six spots from their summer ranking where they had him at 24. They don't really give the explanation for why he rose, um, but he went from 24 to 18. And and I don't know. I like that feels about right. I don't think he's actually quite yet the 18th best player in the league. I think he's probably in the, what did I say before? The mid 20s, basically somewhere between 20 and 30. Now he could be a top five player at the end of the year. Like that's, Again, not the most likely scenario, but it's certainly within the realm of, of uh, realm of possibilities this year for Anthony Edwards. Uh, so, eighteen is fine, right? Like at the top of the list, they've got Jokic at one and Giannis at two, which is what it should be. Curry at three, Luke at four, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, 
Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I can't argue with that top 10. And then it goes Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kawhi, Dame, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Darren Fox, and then Anthony Edwards. John Rant one slot behind, then Paul George, Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, Tyrese Halbert, and Demonis Sabonis, Pascal Siakam. I can buy that top 25. I'm fine with it. I don't really have an issue with that at all. And uh, having Ant at 18, like, I'm fine having him ahead of all these guys. Like, in a vacuum right now, is Demonis Sabonis better? Probably. Would you rather have Sabonis or Ant on your team for the next year, two years, five years, ten years? Obviously Ant, right? There's no question. Say the same about Tyrese Halberton. Like, Tyrese Halberton is phenomenal right now. But nobody in their right mind would ever take him over Anthony Edwards in terms of, you know, the next several years. So that's, again, this exercise is meant to be in a vacuum. And so it depends on how much you're weighting that stuff, right? Like I, like I said, I think he's probably like the 25th to 30th best player right now. But you take him over everybody below him moving forward. There's no question about that. Uh, the other, the next Wolves player on this list is, of course, Cat. He rose one spot from 31 to 30. And... Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. Oh, this is dangerous territory. All cat analysis by national sources is uh, is something. I think we'll, we'll put it that way. Like, for instance, they each have these, like, one-line, like, subheads about each of the players. Here's what it says about cat, and there's a more in-depth analysis, but the, the top line says, giant sharpshooter struggling to live up to the player he thinks he is. I like that. Like, why? Why is that necessary? I just... We get it. There's some lack of self-awareness with Cat, but he it's so unfair the way he's treated. Like he's he is truly a generational talent and and he's so good offensively that it negates a lot of the problems he has defensively. It doesn't negate them, but it certainly softens it, right? He's better than 30th. I've talked about this before. Um Cat is it right now in a vacuum better than Anthony Edwards is. I think he has a a, a more significant impact toward winning. And I, I know some people are going to think I'm crazy for saying that it could very well change in the next three months, but in terms of what they brought to the court in the, like as an NBA player, cat has done more to affect winning because he's so efficient offensively, he's such a unique player. And the fact that answer two way player is going to quickly change that. But, and I, I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to make that point that like, Hey, cat's better than it right now. Um, I'm just trying to give some context to why I think it's kind of crazy that he's 30th and Ant's 25th or 18th. Actually, I think Ant should be like 25th, 26th, 27th, and Cat should be like 23rd, 24th, somewhere in that range, right? Like they both should be in the mid 20s. That feels about right to me in terms of what they're able to bring. Gobert, this is where it gets weird. Gobert went from 52, dropped all the way to 66 on this list. Um, I, like I'm not necessarily going to argue with having him at 66. I think having a 14 spot drop is a little aggressive. And, uh, you know, just looking at some of the other players listed around him on here, Gobert at 66, like right in front of him, Miles Turner at 65, Josh Giddy at 64. Like, I don't know. Josh Giddy went from 69 to 64. Again, right now, Josh Giddy's not a better player than Rudy Gobert. He just isn't. Michael Porter Jr. at 63. Healthy Michael Porter Jr., sure, but you have to factor in his availability. Franz Wagner at 62, I don't know. That's a tough one. Brooke Lopez at 61, I, I guess I could buy that. Austin Reeves at 60, up from 109. Um, Chris Stapps Porzingis at 59, okay. Jeremy Grant, 58. Like, I, I guess we could, but these are all so close, right? The other thing that kills me here is uh, Wembenyama is 67, one spot below Rudy Gobert. 
I just don't know how you rank a guy. Like, I get that he's been unbelievable in preseason, but putting him at 67 is 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 a choice. This isn't trade value rankings. It's it's player rankings, right? Chris Paul at 68, Marcus Smart at 69, Jared Allen at 70. So I can buy where Gobert's at. It's just surprising to me that it was so big of a drop, a 12-spot drop, um, which, by the way, last year on ESPN, he was 18th, and he dropped all the way to 64. Um, okay, this is the biggest surprise to me. Jaden McDaniels was ranked six, 75th last year. He dropped to 89th on the list. Why? Why did Jaden McDaniels, of all people, who were celebrating today his contract extension, drop 14 spots in a ranking over an offseason where he did nothing but, I guess, punch a wall was his last act that the national media paid attention to? I just am completely and utterly floored by him dropping... Um, from from 75th to 89th. And like, I, you know, I don't, it's not worth getting too upset about, but like he's arguably a, a top, not arguably, he is a top five all-around defender in this league. You can't rank him at 89th. And why on earth would he drop 14 spots? All he did was shoot 40% from three last year. Like, I don't know. I, it makes no sense. I don't have anything else to say about that. The only other change uh, that happened here was Conley was 76 in the last version of the list. He's nowhere to be found in the top 100. Anderson was 105, but again, they only ranked the top 100 this time around. So neither Conley or Anderson are on this list. But the Wolves did have four players in the top 100. And I think if they went to call it 110, Conley and Anderson would both have to be on this list. In fact, I think they're both in the top 100. They should be at least. So um, that's kind of bonkers to me that neither of them are on the list. But uh, alas, here we are. Okay, I want to get to a couple of my predictions. Also, a a, a pretty um, interesting, but like positive John Hollinger prediction for the Wolves for this season. So I want to do that, and then I'll give a player prediction of my own for the Wolves, and we'll set up Wednesday's overall projection, prediction, preview extravaganza here at Lockdown Wolves. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Game Time. If you have a habit of buying tickets last minute, welcome to the club. Me too. I go to sporting events all the time. I go to concerts. I go to theater. I go to comedy. Really, I go to a lot of different inter- live entertainment things, and I have a terrible habit of waiting to the last minute um, or having a you know a buddy that says, hey, let's go last minute, or my wife say, like, hey, we should do something this weekend, and I just haven't necessarily planned ahead. Game time can come in clutch for you all the time. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Again, it could be anything from sports to music to comedy to theater, etc. Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, and more are available with Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front, so you're getting you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees, and you can buy your tickets in seconds. With two taps, GameTime is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. You can also use their zone deals where you pick the section and GameTime picks your seats for an average of 18% savings. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's an incredible deal. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code locked on NBA. Locked L O C K E D on NBA O N N B A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
All right, closing the show out today with some predictions. Let's start with John Hollinger over at The Athletic. And Hollinger had an article that he entitled, Bold Predictions for the NBA Season, including Wembenyama, the All-Star, and a Celtics title. He talks about uh, rookie All-Stars not really being a thing. Goes through some semantics on what's a rookie All-Star and says Wembenyama makes the All-Star team this year. He talks about, there's several other predictions in here. But one of them is, Minnesota will win a playoff series for the first time in 20 years. Now, this article posted, I think, a couple days before he actually did his win total projection article where he had the Wolves tied for the three seed with Phoenix um, in the Western Conference and winning, I think he had about 48 wins. So it's obviously not the same thing, but like if he's projecting them to be a, a top four seed, we'll call it in the West, of course, by definition, then would be favorites in the first round. And so you would expect them to win or they'd be more probable to win a, a first round series. Uh, but he listed out here and says the preseason, I'll read a quick excerpt from it. The preseason focus has been on other West locales, the world champion Nuggets, the reloaded Suns, and the recent champions in Golden State and LA. Well, the Wolves haven't garnered nearly as much attention. However, they quietly played well over the second half of last season going 26-19 and 19 after the turn of the new year, and I'm projecting them to land one of the top four seeds in the West. And then he goes on to say uh, the Wolves would have home court advantage, of course, based on their projected finish. And if they get the three-seed or higher, would be in a historically strong position to advance. Additionally, there doesn't seem to be any particularly compelling reason to bet against Minnesota once it reaches the postseason. The Wolves have the requisite inside-outside weapons in Anthony Edwards and Towns. Their potential top seven playoff rotation looks strong. And besides Towns, the team has strong individual defenders. Will this be the season we see Minnesota play in May? That's a nice prediction. I, I like it. I'm I'm going to get my Timberwolves win total projection tomorrow, Wednesday show. So tune back in. I'll give my official prediction. But I'm on board with them winning a, a first-round playoff series. I, I think I agree. I think this is the year. Obviously, the same year the Minnesota Twins did the same thing. Um, I, I think... That which, by the way, it's it had actually been longer since the Twins had won a playoff series since the Wolves, right? The Wolves were a four, the Twins were a two. Um, but I, I think this, I agree. I think this is the year. I think the the Hollinger projection that we talked about on Monday of them winning forty eight games and having them tied for third, maybe in fourth place in the West, is very optimistic, but not absurdly so. And Hollinger is very much a, a numbers guy, right? Like all of his projections are based on his model, um, not the not the. Hollinger PR stat, of course, at ESPN, but like whatever win total projection model he uses and spits out these win totals, like that's where he starts and then he adjusts things. Uh, he basically exp he spells that out. So like this is supposed to be essentially without emotion. Like this team should be this. It should be a 48 win team is what Hollinger said, right? That like that's completely reasonable. Uh, and now I'm going to give my prediction and some individual player predictions, and maybe these aren't um, these aren't bold predictions like Hollinger's, which, by the way, like if he's also going to predict them to win 48 games to get the three or four seed, then winning a playoff series, I don't know that that qualifies as a quote-unquote bold prediction. I'm going to give some that are also maybe not necessarily bold, but like write them down. Here they are. I believe both Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns will be all-stars this year. Ant, of course, was last year for the first time. Cat was not last year because of the injury. And the year prior was, but two years before that was not. So he's a three-time All-Star and a one-time All-Star. I think they'll both make the All-Star team this year. And of course, if the Wolves get off to a good start, whether it matters or not, team performance, and it should on some level, right? Because it, it well, 
it, on some level it does, right? Because if you're playing well enough to make the all-star team, your your team should have some level of success, right? But more national attention will help, whether it's fan voting in the case of more likely ants or just in general, more exposure uh, as the coaches pick the reserves. I think both Ant and Cat make the all-star team this year. Um, I also think that in terms of postseason awards, Anthony Edwards will make All-NBA either second or third team. I don't think he'll get all the way to first this year, but I think he'll be second or third team. I don't believe Cat will make it. I just think there's too many front court guys, and All-Star and All-NBA are, you know, obviously a little bit... There's more All-Stars than there are All-NBA players, and criteria is a bit different. I just don't know that we'll be quite there with Cat to be All-NBA this year. I hope I'm wrong. But I think Ant will win either second or third team All-NBA. Cat misses out there. But I do think Jade McDaniels will be on one of the all-defensive teams, either first or second team. And so the Wolves will have, uh, I'll, I'll repeat this, Ant and Cat as All-Stars, Ant as All-NBA, second or third team, and Jade McDaniels on one of the all-defensive teams this season. And with all those accolades, yes, the Wolves are going to win a bunch of games. And I'm going to give my win total at the top of the show on Wednesday. I'm going to lead with that. And then I'll talk about the overall, my predictions for East and Western, Eastern and Western Conference standings. I will also give my favorite five over-unders on win totals. This is more of a general NBA prediction. I'll give my top six, actually. Um, although you know what one of them is, because I've already said it uh, several times when talking about our fan to- our FanDuel, uh, the, the Wolves FanDuel win total projection for this year. I'll give you six on Wednesday that I really like, overs or unders. Um, on the season. So packed show on Wednesday. I'll also do a segment preview in Wolves Raptors Wednesday night. So a lot to get to on Wednesday's show. And then of course, Thursday, we'll do the post game pod. Um, I'll talk a little more about this on Wednesday, but the post game, uh, the postcast this year will look a little different. They will still exist on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota uh, video feed there on YouTube, but they're going to look a little different. I won't be involved in the immediate postcast, but we'll do the post game podcast, which usually will post very early in the morning. I'll record them right after the game. And they'll post, uh, you know, when you wake up the following morning after a game. Um, that That's the plan here moving forward this season. So a little different than last year, but all that same content is going to be there just in a little bit of a different way, distributed or I guess broken up a bit differently this year. So um, get excited for all that. A big show Wednesday. Obviously a huge game Wednesday night. Can't wait for it. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow an X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at BBeacon, and also at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. The Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.